This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. All right, in uh, states' fights against the Trump administration regarding the border wall efforts, uh, this is a new spin coming out of Arizona. Environmentalists, well, of course, not going to be the state, but environmentalists have asked the judge to stop the plan to even replace existing vehicle barriers along the U.S.-Mexico border in Arizona. And here's their argument. The Trump administration is unlawfully waiving dozens of laws as part of that project that will damage wildlife habitat. Uh, wildlife habitat. So it's an environmental issue. It's you replace that wall. I'm just talking about replacing, not even building new wall. Just replacing that part of it is going to interfere with uh, wildlife uh, habitation. And so the injunction seeks to halt work on 68 miles of replacement barriers at Oregon Pipe Cactus National Monument, Cabeza Prieta National Wildlife Refuge, and San Pedro National Conservation Area before the start of construction. And uh, this is the wall that's already there along those uh, those national areas. Uh, but what they're saying is that right now, the wall as it is doesn't really interfere or damage with wildlife. You put the new wall in, it's going to environmentally, environmentally screw up everything. And all of the laws, the environmental laws, you have violated. Even federal laws, you're violating your own laws. Huh. Well, we'll see what the judge has to say on that one. Is that going to fly? Yeah, I don't know. Probably not. But, you know, it's always a fight, isn't it? All right, let's take some phone calls. Patrick, welcome to Handle on the Law. What can I do for you? Hi, Bill. Uh, I was granted an expungement for uh, a felony and two misdemeanors, and I wanted to know what the impact is yeah. on my ability to apply for jobs. Okay. Uh, first of all, how major a felony are we talking about? It was a first-degree burglary with a strike. Oh, lovely, lovely. And how long ago was this? That was 17 years ago. Okay. I was granted the, I was granted the expungement last year. All right. So uh, an expungement legally means that it's off your record, that you are done. So the question is on the application, have you ever been convicted of a crime? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it were me, I would say no, and because you're, you're, the argument is it, expungement is the fact that no crime had existed before, which actually it isn't. Uh, it's simply off the record. Uh, but here's your problem is are they going to do a background check, and does the expungement show on the background check? So right. uh, I wouldn't volunteer that you've been convicted. I would say no, and if they do find out— uh, and they fire you or they go, they call you in, say you lied to us. I go, no, it's an expungement. And it was 17 right. years ago. Uh, right. That's that's when the crime took place. And I was told by counsel, uh, I went to an attorney who said an expungement means it's over, that it didn't right. happen. So it's uh, it's it's a technical issue, but enough for you to say no and still get away with it what, as opposed to just of, lying about it. One other question, um, does that, does the fact, that you get an expungement affect uh, the ability to own a gun in any way? I don't know. I don't think it does. I think you're okay with the gun because it's off your record. Okay. Uh, in other words, that record is gone. But the answer, but the question is, have you ever been convicted? Is a different issue. 
Uh, okay. So, I, you know, I, I would simply say, no, I haven't been uh, convicted. And if uh, uh, they come back, you, you simply say what I just said. And that is, hey, uh, it was expunged. And I mean, that's that's basically it. Yeah, that's what I would do. Uh, and, the, you know, the problem is back, background checks are really interesting. Uh, from what I understand that um, even if a record has been expunged, there are ways of pulling that off the record. Certainly the uh, feds, when you do a security clearance, they do that. All right. Uh, Lupe. Uh, hello, Lupe. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Uh, Lupe? Yes, I'm yes. here. Yeah, you got to get off the, uh, the speakerphone and you have to turn off the radio. Off the radio? Okay, let me see. This, this is getting terrific. Yeah, yeah. We got a bunch of messages from people. Like, okay, you know what, Lupe? You have to turn off the radio. Okay, we ha- there was a delay here, and uh, and you you have to turn it off. Okay, I turn it off the radio. Excellent, and you're you you're off your speakerphone, correct? Yes. Okay, Lupe, what can I do for you? Well, do you have a guest today? They talk about this uh, antibiotics, the infection, and that's what I like to hear. Okay, you want to hear a conversation I had with a guest? Yes. Excellent. And how would you like to hear that, Lupe, since the guest, we've already broadcast that? I don't know. How can I hear it? Yeah, it's a problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we have a podcast uh, that you can go to. Uh, Yeah, and uh, I can get into it, but uh, you know what I would do is uh, go ahead, uh, hang up the phone, turn your radio back on as loud as you can, and I'm sure the information will come to you. Okay, Lupe? All all I hear, all I want to hear is that part where she talks about the the antibiotics. Yeah, why? Do you you have an infection, Lupe? Uh, I've been having that for a long time. Oh, what what kind of infection? This is uh, um, bladder. Oh, bladder infection. And you know what the doctors gave me and gave me uh, antibiotics uh-huh. prescription all the time, and I, I'm so afraid. I don't yeah. want to be taking it yeah. so you know, much. You know, Lupe, I also do a medical show. You know that. So, uh, and I happen to be an expert in bladder infection, strangely enough. I mean, what a coincidence this is. Uh, so oh. I'm just trying to think. Um, let's, uh, I... I, I I'm not an MD, but I do play one on radio, so I can do this. Uh, what exactly kind of antibiotics are you taking that are not working? Well, see, I already have a list. Of, right now, all I'm taking is microbit. Ah, you see, I would, yeah, Nitro. I can Nitro. understand whatever the hell that was. Yeah, I, I can understand that was a problem. <laughs> yeah, Nitro. never heard of it, but that's fine. Uh, I wouldn't do that either. Uh, all right, Lupe, uh, you know what I'm going to do is. Uh, let you listen to the podcast where I did have uh, the guest, and uh, we'll do that. And by the way, uh, now that Lupe is gone, I just want to point something out. This is what I do radio for, okay? Normally, I'm not a big believer in God. You know, I'm somewhat of an agnostic, but when these calls come in, I become a true believer. I throw my arms up in the air. I look at the sky. I go, thank you, God. Thank you for these calls. Hello, Art. Uh, welcome to Handle on the Law. What can I do for you? Uh, Handle, you're the best. I just wanted to know if my, uh, my verbal, I'm in California, 
I want to know if the verbal agreement I made with my boss to not get paid overtime no. um, is, is even a valid. No, it is not. It is not valid. Uh, if you work overtime, you get paid overtime. Are you an hourly or are you on salary? Hourly. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, no. You get paid. Now, is this an agreement that I'm assuming you agreed to not get paid for overtime that the boss asked you to work for overtime, correct? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yep. Now the question is, uh, yes, you're entitled to the overtime pay. First, let me start with how much money did you get is? How many hours are we talking about? Over the course of 10 years, it probably average um, an hour a week, an hour and a half, two hours a week. Oh, that's a lot. So you're talking uh, 50 hours, so it's 500 hours. That's a lot of hours. And how much How much you get paid an hour, can I ask? Or over the 10 years, what's the average? 20 an hour. 20 an hour, so with time and a half, that's 30 an hour uh, times 500. Yeah, that's a chunk of money. Now, the next question, you've got two issues going on. Number one, how much do you like your job? Okay. All right. Yeah, um, because I guarantee you when you make a complaint, your job is gone, Art. That's a guarantee. Sure. Uh, uh, I, I, I have about eight grand as it is. Uh, and it is, uh, I don't know how far back uh, you're allowed to go with a complaint like that. Uh, that you have to ask the uh, Department of Cons- Industrial Relations, which is the Wage Enforce- Enforcement Division of the state of California. And I'm sure that you can't go back 10 years, but that's what you want to find out. And yes, you can make a claim. And the verbal agreement means nothing. So if I wanted to, to start up something, I would go, where did you say I would go? Department of Industrial Relations, California, state of California. And there's a Wage uh, Enforcement Division. You can look that up uh, on the uh, Internet. That's easy. Uh, this is Handle on the Law. And uh, welcome back. This is KFI AM640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. Uh, pleasure having you here. And this is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Uh, hello, Victor. You're up. Welcome. Uh, good morning, Bill. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Oh, that's uh, a rough. This is a rough, rough line. You're on a cell. Uh, yes. Okay, let's try that. Okay, it's getting a little better. All right, what can I do for you? Okay. Uh, yeah, I have a two-part question. I'm 64. I don't have a will. I don't have a, a living trust, and I want to know if I can. If, do I need a lawyer to to fill these forms out? No, and probably no, 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 no. Okay. Uh, who? How much money do you have? What are your assets, and who do you want to leave it to? Uh, we have um, our house is probably four hundred thousand. Mm. We have probably uh, fifty thousand in savings. Okay. Um, and uh, and basically, it said I want I have uh, five kids. Five kids. All right. Those, yeah, yeah, you can. It, it's it's fairly easy to do. What you do is uh, you drop a, one of those internet wills. Uh, I don't think you need a lawyer. I don't even think you need a lawyer for that. And it's and you just split everything up five ways. And uh, what's a kid going to do? Who's going to contest that? No, I want 40% instead of 20%. Uh, And you don't need it notarized. Uh, You write the will. You need it published, which means two people have to sign it. But they'll give you all the rules. But in your case, okay. you're you're going to be okay with uh, just writing up a will. Now, you can do a trust, but that means you have to transfer everything into a trust. Uh, but uh, it's probably easier uh, to do a trust for... Uh, the recipients, the beneficiaries, uh, because they get their money out immediately. But then you have to give the trustee all the power to sell the house. And then it gets kind of interesting, too, because let's say you leave the house uh, to five people, okay? Uh, and one wants to keep it, uh, one wants to rent it, uh, one wants to live in it, and one wants to sell it. What do you do? 
Right. You see, the problem is, so in your case, let me do this. I think in your case, it is, I, I think it's better to, to put up a, write up a trust, just as easy on the internet. You have to transfer the house into the trust. And the right. savings account, those have to be now written into the trust. In other words, a new owner of uh, the savings account is the trust, uh, but it's it, it doesn't change anything in terms of your – because you guys are the initial trustees. So you can write checks. Right. You can do whatever. It's as if you, it was your money. But what ends up happening is that you choose one of the kids or an independent person that you trust as the trustee. Then they can do whatever the hell they want. Uh, they can sell the property. They can keep the property unless you demand that the property be sold and split up five ways. A lot of different ways to deal with this. But the bottom line is I don't think you need a lawyer for those circumstances. Okay, well, one more question. Uh, declaring a homestead, is that the nah, it's, procedure? It's BS. That's it, nah, BS. Uh, declaring a homestead means nothing. Uh, declaring a homestead used to be that you were protected. A certain amount of money was protected. Uh, the equity, I think, was sixty grand or ninety grand, whatever it is. But statutorily, it's the same. So uh, no one does homesteads anymore. And if someone is, the scam doesn't even exist anymore that I've seen, where people write uh, to you and we'll declare the homestead for you, and it's really complicated, and uh, we'll just get, send us a hundred bucks. Well, it costs four dollars to actually do it. The rest of it is just filling out a form so i i think it's bs but uh you never know if you want to be totally safe or feel better uh go right ahead peter welcome to handle on the law hi peter hello hey i work as a restaurant consultant helping a small business out recently found that they're doing some things with food that like they shouldn't be keeping it around as long as they do thawing it wrong and all that after several instances of letting the guy know hey here's where your issues are He's kind of, uh, he has now said he's going to let me go. Okay. I honestly feel like it's almost like a whistleblower type thing. Well, I don't want to, you know, it's pat really, myself it's, on the back. It's really not. But, uh, okay, he's going to let you go because yeah. you came in with a negative report. All right. Now what? Yeah. And then with that, he now wants me to go. And, and, and in addition to just letting me go, he wants me to sign something that says I will not. Oh, why? Any agency. No. I will sign something that says. No. Yeah. So that's what leads me to believe that, you know, kind of F you. Hey, uh, if you want me to go away, give me some money, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Wait a sec. Are you telling. Wait, 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 wait. Are you telling him uh, that you want money and then you'll go away? Or is he telling you no. I'll give you money if you go away? He, he's kind of saying he'll give me money if I go away. You can't but, do that. You know, it's, yeah, uh, you don't me go right away. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Will, yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah. You don't want to do that. How much was he? How much does he owe you right now? He's offering. He's offering me two grand only. You know, uh, uh, gross. <laughs> you know, not even net. Well, and I'm wondering well, if it's reasonable for me to counter and say, look, I need some money just in case they do come to me because I can be personally liable for a restaurant. Why would you? Why would you ever sign a document that's not true? Or sign it or take the money. That's first of all, it's extortion. First of all, and it's conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, no, the answer is you don't sign. If he owes you money, you sue him in small claims court. If he doesn't owe you money, you just walk away and you can report him. You can do that all day long. Yeah, I kind of wouldn't want to, but yeah, it is. Why wouldn't you want? Wait, wait, wait. Why wouldn't the simple fix? Why wouldn't you want to? If it's a question of uh, the safety of customers. Well, that's. I apologize. I might. You might have taken what I said wrong there. I. I I don't want to. I want to do the right thing, but it's just odd that he's saying, take this, go away. No, it, it's wrong. It's not odd. It's just wrong. Okay. So you just say right. no. And, it, for, and for $2,000, that was $20,000. I'd still tell you, say no. 
uh, and uh, you probably wouldn't listen to me. Probably not. Uh, but, you know, for two grand, what do you do? This is Handle on the Law. KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handle here. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Uh, Chris. Hi, Chris. Yeah, how, how you doing, Bill? Yes, sir. Uh, my bad. Um, I, so I'm on dialysis, and I asked the doctor, my, my, on my left arm, I have a dialysis, which is called a fistula, but I have an artificial one, which is called a graft. Yeah. Now, that one failed after seven years. A doctor who is years of experience with different parts. Okay, you're, uh, Chris, you're 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 cutting out. I I heard. I just a do- went outside. Can okay. you hear me now? Yeah, I can. A doctor who what? I mean, you told me that okay, your doc- your fistula uh, failed. All right. My, my my left arm. Okay. It was a artificial one. It was a graft. Okay. So a doctor who just retired had put it in years of experience. Seven years ago, he put it in. Okay. It lasted seven years. Now that doesn't work anymore, so I have to have another one put on my right arm now. So the one on my right arm, the doctor, I said, doctor, I, I think it's better if you put in a graft seen as if it's hard to get an IV on this arm. So how do you expect to get a fistula that for, for max blood flow? I said, that just logically don't make sense. He's like, fistulas last longer, fistulas last longer. So he kept trying to tell me. And so I went ahead and had the fistula done, which is the real one. So... After the surgery, it doesn't work. It's it's, it's, it's it's he's trying to tell me. All right, I got narrow. it. All right, so let's go through. You need, it. To work out, you need to work out. All right, Chris, what's your question? Chris, what's your question? My, my question is, um, I talked to my uh, dialysis doctor today, and he said that he should have put in a graft. You're 100 percent correct. He should have listened to you. Everything you're telling me, he should have put in a graft. This is not the surgery. This is my dialysis nephrologist, my doctor. Okay. And your so, que- and your question so, is so my question is do I have any legal recourse? Yeah, maybe, but here's uh, the problem. It's uh, uh, even though he should have put in uh, a graft, uh, did he uh, malpractice, or is it reasonable for him to say that we'd rather go this way than that way? By the way, Chris, your uh, advice or your opinion means nothing. You're not a doctor. Yeah, I know. Okay, that's, that's why. That's, that's why. Even though, mean. even though you were right, uh, yeah. that is not particularly important. So, yeah. uh, did they put another one in, Chris? No. See that I, I talked to my nephrologist today. He said I'm going to put in an order for you to put in a graft. Oh, so so Chris, you're been placed originally. All right, you're not on dialysis now. I'm on that. No, I'm on. I have an artificial catheter that's placed in my chest that goes. Whoa! To my heart. No kidding. How long is that going to be on? Uh, until they get this done, until they get this completed, I've had it on for for two, two, three months now. Okay, highly infectious. Well, have you? Wait, it may be infectious. Have you gotten? Have you gotten infected? Uh, not yet. Okay. Well, you can't say not yet. Okay, the not yet doesn't work in the law. Uh, all right. I'm just thinking uh, which way to go on that. And uh, you're gonna have they have to do another surgery uh, and move that around. Maybe. Chris, maybe. Listen to me in the first place. Yeah, no, I get it. Maybe, maybe you have a case. Chris, Chris, maybe you have a case. Uh, So uh, go to to the website. Go to handleonthelaw.com 
and uh, look at the list and you want to get a medical malpractice attorney. And we, we've got attorneys in uh, virtually every department, and then there's plenty of medical mal attorneys. So see if you and the two times the two surgeries that I had. Okay, I went. Chris, the first Chris, I, I'm past. I'm past caring. Aha! Aha! There you go. Uh, John. Hello, John. Welcome to Handle hey. on the Law. Yes, sir. Good morning, Bill. Good to hear your voice. Man. Yes, it I is. To you often, I listen to you often while I'm out here driving. So oh, thank thing you. Is, Yes, sir. Uh, one night I get off of work, which I'm a truck driver. A friend and I go over to buy a burrito at this place here in Long Beach, which they have an outside window. No one's at the window at the time. The guy and the lady there, it's kind of like Seinfeld, the soup Nazi episode. You have to wait your turn. So I'm waiting for them to come up and take my order. One, by the time they do, the lady comes up. I start ordering two carne asada burritos. She can't hear me because two guys walked up behind me and they were arguing. So when she looks past me like I can't hear you, I turn around and say, hey, could you guys keep it down a little bit or back up a little so that she can take my order? When I go to turn around to present my order to her again, I get hit in my back by one of the guys, which I've been in a trucking accident here a couple of years ago, so it hurt when he did hit me. So I turn around quickly like, hey, which one of you guys just hit me? I guess the one that did do it, he got a little scared, and he backs up and starts jumping onto this, this table. So I'm like, hey, why did you hit me? What? And his friend hit me in the head with his backpack. So him and I started fighting. Well, that the initial guy that I figure hit me jumped, started attacking me. They both started attacking me, which got my friend involved into it. So long story short, we're all out in on the street of PCH and and Cherry fighting each other. All right. So the, the police, long story okay. short, when the cops come. Right. The, who, guys, who was arrested? Yes, sir. Who was arrested? My friend and I. And these the, guys use the protection of whatever they do behind closed doors with each other. They use that. And wait, I, I don't know. What, I, wait, wait a sec. What, what does that mean? Obviously, you're talking about gay anyone. guys. Yeah. But what did they say? Did uh, they say you started the fight? They said because the, the officer said we're going to jail for a hate crime. Oh, and good God, said, that's crazy! Exactly. All right, said, did you turn to guys, the gal? Wait a sec. The gal yes, who sir. was serving you behind the yes. window. Yes, uh, sir. She did she see this? So she's. I'm facing her. So I don't know if she caught the elbow or whichever I got in my back. She just sees me turn around abruptly. Oh, okay. And start, uh, um, All right. Talking to these guys. Yeah. See, okay. She started filming. She started filming into the middle of the fight or so. She. They don't have any video of the beginning of the Yeah, fight that's a problem. This, this All right, so what's, John, what's your question? So, Bill, I need help because I told the, the my attorney just as I told you, and once I did tell her, she goes, come on. I go, hey, it's true what okay. happened, and I need this guy that's behind the counter with the lady who, who has, has presented this film. I need him to come to court also. You can, sub- you can subpoena him. He, she, My lawyer, who she, quote, unquote, when I told her, what I told you, and she said, "Come on." Ever since that time, ever since that time we talked, she hasn't been on my side. So she okay, you need another lawyer, uh, John. Exactly you need a, you need another I lawyer. Need if, I, if you could put out there, Bill, I really I'm glad this Justice Millette case came up because these guys are using the protection. All right, all right. I, I understand, like and, and people do. By the way, right. there's I just, uh, I, I've had to bail out of jail. I don't have money right now. If you know anybody that could, I don't know if any. No, you may have to go. You may have to go with the public defender if you don't have any money, John. I, that's what I've been doing is going with yeah. her, and she's the one trying to 
right now. Yeah, it's trying to get rid of it, but and I don't even know if you can ask for another attorney. But I, you're getting it's it's one of those things where I've you just you, you just got caught up uh, yeah, in a situation. So I'm going to testify on 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 the stand. That's you know, all you can do. That's all you can do. So, John, in the in the end, uh, there's not much I can do. I understand. Wrong place, wrong time. The video uh, doesn't show the beginning of the fight. The gal behind the counter didn't see the initial hit. These guys happen to be gay. Uh, one of the things that, uh, if the woman can hear it, uh, you can get heard. Did she hear, uh, any kind of an epithet throwing, uh, being thrown out there? Did she go, you guys are queers and you started, uh, going crazy or was it just a fight? Uh, it's, it, hate crimes are difficult to prove. Uh, you, the, the bar is very high for a hate crime. All right, Matt. Hello, Matt. Hello, Mr. Handel. Yes. A citation that I received in San Diego County for running a, a left turn arrowed red light. And um, I didn't know about it, and, and this occurred on October 9th, 2018. I just found out about it because I just acquired my mail. I'm homeless, and I just acquired my mail, and um, apparently now it has gone to something where they have suspended my license. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to go into court. You have okay. to go into court. Uh, first of all, you have to call the DMV, and they're not going to help you. You have to go into court and say, I'm homeless, and I just got this. And uh, the court will make you pay the ticket, Matt, or arrange whatever. You could be indigent and say, I don't have any money to pay the ticket anyway, and then I don't know uh, what they do. They give you, I think, community service. You get yeah, to, regrettably, I have no income. Yeah, but... then it'll be community service that the, okay. the court will give you. But you have to have the court uh, remove... Uh, what you have, because uh, that is, I mean, that could go into a failure to appear and that you don't want that. Get your ass into court, Matt, and just right. and just tell your story. That's uh, And just pay, pay the fine with either, as I said, money or community service. The good news now is you can do that. Uh, this is Handle on the Law. And uh, welcome back. And welcome to Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice when I tell you you have absolutely no case. Uh, Renee. Hi, Renee. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Thank you. I have what I think can be a simple question, but with some twists and turns. My brother-in-law passed away Labor Day last year. Okay. We have now come to the conclusion to where we want to turn his estate over to the state of California. Why? There's nothing. So there's, there's nothing to do. $200,000. Huh? So there's no estate. No, there's no estate, but I'm just, well, technically there is a little bit of an estate. He owns 1% of a house in California. Oh, that's that not, he that's has not, that's, loan yeah, on. that's not worth dealing with. That's, and, not, that's nothing. And there's no, no, I don't know how you turn over an estate to the state. That's well. See, that's what I was wondering. You walk, he, he you walk away. His, that's what I want to do. Okay, because I didn't know if we accessed his safety deposit box. You have to or ask his the mailbox. Well, you have to ask the bank uh, if you're allowed to do that, and uh, if you have they to, are. and they are allowing you to do that, then you're fine. Then you're home free. You take everything out of the uh, safety we'll, deposit box and you, you walk away. Well, there's one more twist to this whole thing. Okay, he's never married, no kids, so that means. His estate 
um, is run by his elderly parents. Okay, but there is so no the, there is no estate. What are they running? Well, they want us to do like a small estate affidavit to get the things out, like the post office box and the bank. Okay, hold on a minute. You have uh, they have you, the the big thing is the post uh, is uh, the bank uh, deposit box, which you've already the bank lets you have gone into it, right? No. Um, mother-in-laws in Arizona, we're in New Mexico. When I went to California to empty out his condo, it wasn't until two hours before I needed to leave to board the plane that I find the safety deposit box. Ah, okay. You have to call the bank and uh, find yeah. out what you have to do. The big thing is forget about the parents or all that. Don't sign anything. That's crap. Call the bank and say, because that's the only thing that's uh, of any importance here is what's in that safe deposit box. The rest of it means nothing. He's in debt. There's no estate. There's nothing there uh, to deal. It's not worth your time. You want to call the bank and go, what is it going to take? He's in debt. There's no estate. And here's his death certificate. What do you need from B to hope at his bank and account? I kind of... And I kind of know what to do, but I'm trying to figure out how to get my mother-in-law off as executrix and get the two remaining sons on as executors. Of so what? Um, is, the there, is, it, is, there a, is there a will? No, no. Oh, the they're not going to... You like can't... A letter of testamentary. Ah, uh, jeez. Uh, you know what? Uh, what? A, a letter of testamentary where you give them the power to do everything? So you don't have power right now anyway. So why why would you sign yeah. anything if you don't have any interest in any of it? Yeah. None of it makes it, any sense. Just, None of it makes it, any it, sense it here. Except for the safety deposit box. Right. Ask the bank. We just don't know what's in there. Ask the bank. Okay. That's what I'll you want to do. It's one question to the bank. What do I do? Right? What do I do? My brother died. What do I do to get that uh, safe deposit box opened? Sylvia. Hello, Sylvia. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes, good morning. Yes, ma'am. I have a very important question. I've been uh, renting a house for over 30 years, and um, the owners now, um, they want me to, uh, they asked for me to move, and they gave me until September. And um, I'm a senior citizen, and I just had uh, knee replacement. I'm not in good health. How much time did they give you? How much time did they give you? How many months did they give you? How many days? Until September. I don't know what that means because I don't know what date it is. What? uh, What? How many months? How many days? uh, uh, Oh, they just gave you a date. How much? September. Okay, that. Okay, when did they give it to you? They told me uh, they hire a property management, and he called me and he told me uh, just by by verbally. Forget it. Have they written? Have they written? Have they written to you anything? Have they given you a notice? Nothing. Okay. Then nothing. you then that doesn't then anything they tell you has no validity whatsoever. None. Okay. okay. They haven't said anything to you, Sylvia. As legally, they haven't done a thing. They can tell you move out tomorrow, move out next year. None of it matters until they give you a written notice. Saying you have, and they have to give you 60 days, and there's money that you get pursuant to law, California law. Now, I I don't know if it works with a house or not, and I don't know if it's uh, you're in a uh, rent-controlled area. Uh, uh, What city are you in? In in, in, uh, Tahanga. Yeah, and Tahanga, what? It's it's within the city of Los Angeles, right? 
Yes. Sir. Okay, so that's rent controlled. Uh, so uh, there are a whole bunch of rules and regulations you can do, but you're entitled to. You want to find out how much money you get, and you want to call the Rent Stabilization Board. That's what runs it in the city of Los Angeles. The Rent Stabilization rent Board. Stabilization. Right, okay. Rent Stabilization Board, and a couple of other things. No one cares that you're a senior citizen legally. How old are you? Eighty-three. Oh, that's old. Wow, you sound pretty good for. Yeah, uh, yeah not bad. And no one cares that you've had a knee replacement. And why would they give a knee replacement to an eighty-three-year-old woman who's going to die anyway? <laughs> I have a good. Uh, I think you know the insurance. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. That's yeah. All right. Just. Yeah. I'm just kidding you because they give. Uh, no, sur- they give surgeries right. now to people. I, that, I, no, no, no. They I, give. I'm full of regrets. No, I shouldn't have done it. Really? Why? Why? Why are you full of regrets? You shouldn't have done it. I mean, you know, you you sound pretty healthy, so you're probably going to kick around for a while. And obviously, I was joking about the 83 year old woman. You're I mean, very sweet. No, I'm not. But Thank they give so sur- they give sur- they do surgeries on people in their 90s now. I mean, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's a whole different world. Anyway, rent stabilization board and see where you sit, and don't worry about anything. Once you get a notice, is when the timeline starts. Okay, that's it. All right, good luck to you, or not. Handle here. This is handle on the law. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice. In one of the most egregious cases of uh, child abuse by priests uh, in Australia, Cardinal George Pell happens to be the most senior Catholic to ever be found guilty of sexually abusing children. An Australian appeals court upheld his conviction. Now, last December, a, un- a unanimous jury found him, uh, this is Pope Francis's former finance minister, I might add, guilty of molesting two 13-year-old choir boys uh, in Melbourne at the St. Patrick Cathedral, and this happened more than two decades ago, but statute of limitations in many, many jurisdictions have been waived, and you can go after it, you can have suspect, uh, you can have uh, the plaintiffs go after the church and you have authorities go after the uh, perpetrators, the suspect, in this case, perpetrator, because uh, he was convicted. And the uh, state of Victoria uh, rejected his appeal in a two-to-one ruling because the chief uh, justice said the majority, that's two-to-one, found Pell's accuser to be a compelling witness of truth. Now, Pell's lawyers, of course, are going to examine the judgment, and they're considering an appeal to the high court, and his uh, spokesperson, a spokeswoman, part of the diocese, I'm assuming, says Pell's lawyers will examine. Cardinal Pell is obviously disappointed with the decision. The Vatican also noted that Pell has always maintained his innocence and has a right to appeal, and it said its own investigation— will await the outcome of any final appeal in Australia. I find it fascinating that the church's own investigation is awaiting the final decision as opposed to jumping in right now. Because even if there isn't enough for a criminal conviction, you would think that the church would be interested in investigating this come hell or high water. But then again... The Catholic Church has a wonderful reputation of hiding this issue, protecting the priests, 
uh, nurt- actually nourishing them uh, and uh, moving them around. I mean, the stories are incredible. Moving these child molesting priests, knowing that they, in fact, molested kids into other parishes to protect them and not telling the parish not letting the congregation know that you've got a pervert on your hands. I mean, it is astounding. And usually it's the cardinals who protect uh, the priests. This one is a cardinal who, in fact, engaged in this molestation. Oh, God, the Catholic Church. You know, and the shame of it is uh, the Catholic Church as an institution, and I'm not a big fan of the church itself uh, as a religious institution. I've got all kinds of problems with it. Uh, it's um, it's a very different church these days, and this stuff happened so long ago, but the accusation is still there that, hey, you, you still haven't gone in and really did a, have done a deep dive into what happened, and it's time to do that. It really is. All right, phone calls. Uh, hello, Hector. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, Handle. Um, so I was arrested about two years ago, pulled over for DUI. Um, I never went to court. It was never con- I was never a conviction, just an arrest. But before I knew that, I went and I registered myself as a volunteer through a DUI program. I finished the course. I paid for it. I got the certificate. So about two weeks ago, I got arrested again, pulled over, and I'm in the process of having, you know, within the 30 days where it's going to get suspended in 30 days on my license. I surrendered my driver's license. My question is, one of the stipulations to get a restricted license is to show proof of that I'm registered in a DUI class. Will that course that I went through and paid for completed uh, completed a couple years ago, will that be valid as one of the stipulations? Can I use that on this arrest? I would. You have to ask the judge whether it's allowed or not. It'll be a judge that makes that determination. Uh, but okay. you simply say, uh, and it actually sounds good, Your Honor, uh, well, I don't know if I would talk about, uh, about uh, the previous arrest because you – uh, yeah. I don't know if the judge would know about that, because uh, if it, the charges were dropped, um, you know what? That you're up in the air on that one, uh, and okay. that is uh, you have to find out if the arrest for DUI uh, is still on the record. Does the judge see that when you're uh, when you're looking at a second go? Uh, yeah, it really, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it's. You can say, hey, I did the DUI before thinking uh, that I was uh, going to be convicted, and I wasn't. The charges right. were dropped. And right. uh, so does this does this comply? I would ask. You have nothing okay. to lose, but it's, uh, it's the judge going to make that determination for sure. Uh, Joey. Hello, Joey. Hey. Yes. Hey, how's it going? All right, so I'm getting sued by a uh, cat. You're getting sued um, by, by whom? By Capital One Bank. Oh, yeah, congratulations. Okay. Uh, for around $2,500. All right. And I was dorming it at California State University in Northridge, so I wasn't able to see the papers or the letters um, asking for the money. And apparently they got uh, approved for default judgment on my name for $2,500, which basically um, didn't give any of National Debt Relief, which is my other company that's helping me fight, you know, all my accounts. They didn't give them a chance to pay it off. They want it in full. Yeah, not a de- not a default judgment. When you have a default judgment, you have a default judgment. And you're saying you weren't served, Joey? What was that? You're saying you were not served. Um, I was served in the mail. 
No, I you have to. That has to be. It, it has to be personal service. It has to be personal uh, service. So they, they probably what I what I was well, my mom came up to me and gave me the papers. That's not good um, enough. Physically. That's not good enough. You have to so be personally they, served. So you have yeah. to. Uh, you've got to make a motion. Oh, here's the problem: is you have to make a motion to quash the service. And uh, so I would call uh, the lawyers who sued you and say, hey, I wasn't even personally served and I'm willing to cut a deal because I have people that are helping me pay this off and I'm willing to pay. I'm willing to pay money as opposed to going bankrupt because I'm in a lot of debt. So that's what I would say. But a judgment is a judgment. And then that's outside of any negotiation. I mean, they just they can go after anything you have with a judgment. The other argue, the argument is you weren't properly served, but you can't just say that. You have to have a judge rule that you weren't par- properly served. And, uh, I did, uh, I did um, submit a trial date, and now they want me to make a motion, uh, create a motion, and uh, upload it onto the website. Create a motion for uh, create a motion for what, Joey? Well, I set a I set a trial date to ask the judge to vacate or cancel. Okay, then that's exactly so. That's exactly what you have to do. So, what's your question? So uh, my question is, if you had any other advice? No, that's it. You, you have to show. I just I just gave it all to you. You have to show up I, and argue you weren't personally sued, uh, served. Uh, and if the judge believes you weren't personally served, uh, then uh, the lawsuit disappears instantly. Now they'll refile the lawsuit and probably sue you again, but you'll be able to negotiate. And what you have to do is attack the service. So uh, you're going to argue you were never served. And uh, yeah. they have to bring the process server in there, the guy who actually claims he served you. Now, if he shows okay. up, he's going to say, yeah, that's the guy I served uh, oh, on, wow. on this date. Uh, and I don't know. And there's going to be your word versus his word. And if he, under the penalty of surgery, uh, per, uh, perjury, says, yeah, points to you, that's the guy I served on that date, you're pretty screwed. Nope. Nope, he never, I never okay. saw face-to-face. That okay, no, I get that. Face. But what he's going to say is you are the guy who he served. And you're saying, no, he's not. Now, let me ask you, Joey. Wouldn't anybody who's been sued make that argument? Um, the, the truth is he gave the papers to my mother. I understand. I no, I got that. I understand that. But uh-huh. you're saying that's the truth. And you're talking to a guy on the other side who says, the truth is I served Joey. Oh, yes, we have to see a judge. That's right. And what I'm Uh saying is, all things being equal, it's going to be difficult because the judge will probably believe the process server because the process server is considered independent. He doesn't have an ax to grind. You do. So what can I do here? You just argue it. All you do is argue it. That's all you can do is say, I didn't do it. He didn't sue me. I was out of town, if you were. And uh, just attack him. What? What? How was I dressed? What did I? It doesn't matter because you're uh, going to say, "Well, I don't own any dresses, and uh, I'm not that kind of a person, or I would never wear a Hawaiian shirt." I mean, uh, I don't even know what you can say. But it's here's the problem. He's considered. Uh, see, you have every uh, you have every incentive to lie. Everyone, and uh, he has. Well, he has incentive to lie uh, because he has a job as a process server and uh, not uh, serving people enough of the time. He's not going to he's going to lose his job, but it's nothing compared to your incentive to lie. And that's the problem. This is Handle on the Law. Hell yeah, it's a new hallelujah. Popping like the top off a bottle and I ain't stopping yet. Yeah. 
star today. Crawling up the ocean, this is evolution. Can I grow into another animal the next level? I'm spreading wings. Welcome back to uh, KFI AM640. More simulating talk. Bill Handel here on a Saturday. This is Handel on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Hello, Joan. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, my question is about Yelp. Um, we had a, a leak and, and a terrible case of black mold. Water restoration company came in, and the guy was a fast-talking uh, guy. said he was a contractor. They could do this. They could do that. So the contract was signed, and they were supposed to start, and it was supposed to take about two months. Bottom line, um, it took about eight months. My husband was not well. We had caregivers. We had to move out. Um, the workmanship was poor. It was a constant push. I'd come over to this house. Nothing was done. Nobody was here. Anyway, um, I pushed, finally got back in after about eight months of living in a rental, and my husband died a month later. Um, it was just a terrible experience. If I went on Yelp and named the company and sort of recited that story and the poor workmanship and the length of time, would I get sued? Maybe. Uh, not that they're going to go anyplace with it because you're allowed to do that, and it's, and it's what happened to you. Uh, you're not making any claims uh, other than this is what they did to me, and that's legitimate, and you can back that up. Yeah, uh, they might sue you, but I probably not. Uh, you can, you know, if you look at uh, the reviews on uh, their company, have you seen other reviews? No, I haven't seen much at all. All right, well, pull out the reviews and give them a one star or give them a zero star if uh, you if that's happened to you. Sounds terrible, but okay. the bottom line is you're going to be fine uh, because that's what Yelp is about. They want both positive and negative. All right, okay. all right. So they won't. Yeah, enjoy yourself with your mold. That's terrible. That really, I mean, can you imagine? Uh, as if, hey, my husband probably died of mold. Uh, that this company wouldn't fix. And by the way, can I say something negative about the company? Uh yeah. Yeah, probably. Hello, Joseph. Welcome to Handle on the Law. How you doing? Yes, uh, sir. So I recently, I recently purchased a distributorship with a major bread company here in Southern California. A major uh, bread uh, company? Yes. Oh, a bread company. Okay. Yes. Yes. So uh, I paid one hundred eighty thousand for it. Plus, I paid twenty thousand dollars cash on top of that because at the time I felt that the investment was worth it. Um, and the way it works is. Uh, anything over 12% volume scale return uh, comes out of your pocket at you know 12% of your volume. Um, at the time that I purchased the route, they had a sale program where I could buy my returns back from the stores and sell it to an outlet center where it would basically be turned into volume. Well, the company knew that before I bought the route, they were ending this program. Um, and so they basically let the distributor previously uh, uh, before me turn all of his sale into volume, which is about 40% sale. And now my route's down about $30,000. And I was wondering if there's any way that I could sue the company and get that money back. Uh, First of all, are you talking about a bakery, a distributorship? What what physically do you do? 
Yeah, so I purchase bread and I deliver to a, a certain territory to all the grocery stores. Ah, okay. So uh, you bought a distributorship. And what you're saying is, uh, did they know that they were going to cut the program? I'm assuming they did at the time. Did they represent to you uh, or omitted that? And was that left out of the franchise agreement, out of the purchase agreement? When And they, they already know what they were going to do when you purchased and that was uh, omitted. No, they didn't tell me anything about the sale program ending, and they, I did pay for it. And uh, their response to it was because there is always a risk when you buy. A, you can't keep. A yeah, okay, you know, but it, but if but if there was omission, uh, if there was a material omission, and they knew the program was going to go, and that particular part of the program was going to be discontinued, and they didn't put that in the purchase agreement, knowing that was going to happen and either implied or that was an existing contract that you were, that in fact you were buying, that then disappeared, uh, I think you have a lawsuit for at least misrepresentation, maybe fraud, but certainly damages, uh, the money and misrepresentation. Yeah, you you have something there. You really do. And you probably have an attorney, and you probably have an attorney's fees clause in uh, your uh, purchase agreement where prevailing party gets attorney's fees. Okay, so would I have to put down a retainer, or would it be contingent? Uh, yeah, I don't know if anybody would do it on a contingency, or maybe a partial contingency, but you have to talk to a business lawyer. Would I also be able to sue for the $20,000 I paid extra? Yeah, maybe. I think I, I think you can sue for more than that. I think you can probably sue for the whole amount and walk away and say, uh, hey, you know, this whole thing is uh, predicated on a house of cards. Sure. Talk to a business lawyer. Go, uh, go to the website. Go to handleonthelaw.com. We've got tons of them, and uh, they'll tell you uh, which way to go. All right, try that. I know I keep on referring to the website. Uh, that's because you need, I don't do this. I do legal advice, bad legal advice on the air. So I'm referring people all the time, go see a lawyer. I used to just say, go see a lawyer. And people would say, uh, okay, which one? I go, ah, you know what, uh, I don't know. And so how do I find one? Well, ask a friend. Uh, well, my friends uh, haven't been involved in this kind of situation. And all right, so I handle on the law.com came into being. And so I'm going to say, go there, just leave me alone. Uh, this is Handle on the Law. So can we break this set in motion something new? This is KFI AM640, more stimulating talk, Bill Handle, Saturday morning. And welcome back to Handle on the Law. Dan. Hi, Dan. Hey, Bill. Yes, sir. Regular workaholic. Yes, I am. Yep, I live for working, uh, mainly because I hate my wife and family. So uh, (laughs) anything I can do to get the hell out of town. What can I do for you, Dan? We love you. I have a tree on my property on the other side of the sidewalk, on my side of the sidewalk. There is no parkway. It overhangs the curb line. Am I liable if a a truck comes in and hits that? Yeah. Yeah, you want to if but, someone comes in and hits the tree or hits uh, the, the the branches overhanging. Hits the branches overhanging. Yeah, just cut it back. Yeah, I would argue. Now it's uh, there's a bunch of defenses there saying, "Hey, uh, do you see a tree? What do you mean just hit? What do you mean just hits them? All of a sudden, driving down the street one day and they uh, go into a branch." No, it's actually it's a residential. It's a cul-de-sac, and, and uh, it, they'd have to be pulling up at the curb line. Yeah, well, yeah, I, here's what I would do. I would cut it back to where a car can't hit it, Dan. You don't need the grief. Believe me. I mean, technically, you can say, well, you saw it, and you knew it was there. But, Dan, cut the tree back. Do yourself, no. do, do yourself a favor. 
You don't need that grief. Yeah, just do it. Just, yeah, just, you know, why bother? Sometimes when you technically have a defense, well, yeah, I could argue this, argue that. You know what? Cut the damn tree back. How difficult is that? And then what you want to do is hire a professional who then takes the saw and cuts his own leg off by mistake and then sues you. Yeah. There are a lot of ways this can go. Hello, Tom. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. Yes, sir. So my question is, is that I recently settled with a state agency, but I'm still waiting on finalized paperwork that explains the settlement. Okay. Well, do you know what you settled for? Well, first of all, what kind of what kind of what kind of settlement was it? What 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 did you go against the agency for? Uh, workplace injuries. Okay. And you went. Wait a sec. Which agency did you sue? <laughs> One of the biggest universities in California. How's okay. that? All right. So you so you sued the university. Yeah. Okay. And they settled, right? Did you get a, Did you get a money yeah. Did you get a money settlement? No, I didn't get a money settlement. I wanted to go back to work. Okay, so what? I don't understand what the settlement is then. What did you agree to, to go back to work? Uh, were you awarded any yeah. money? Well, I want to make sure that they have it on paper. Have what on paper? That I was settled to come back to work as such. And that, that Wait a minute. They don't have to agree for you to go back to work, Tom. Uh, the issue is... Uh, if you go back to work, then the whatever claim you have for long-term or lifetime disability disappears at that point. So I don't quite understand what uh, what you're doing. Uh, you, no, this is not the this is not the workman's comp side of this lawsuit. Okay, but this you're, was you're, their failure to to accommodate me after the injury was taken care of. All right, but you're still asking for money, right? No, I'm asking to go back to work because I want to finish and get my retirement. Okay, and they're stopping you from going back to work? No. I'm back at work right now, but I'm the kind of person that likes to have things on black and white. Right, you get it. To reference. Yeah, well, you're not the kind of person that makes sense a lot, but... Uh, it's, um, okay. So I don't quite understand. You want them to recognize that you have gone back to work, right? Uh, well, I want to be able to see things on paper. I understand. But what do you want to see on paper that you've gone back to work? Well, I want to see the, the guidelines of pay and my benefits that I've had over the years that they're being reinstated. Yeah, you can, you can, how old are you, Tom? I'm 51. Yeah, you'll never make it. You'll die before you get that paperwork from the state. So you, (laughs) so Tom, what you get to do is look it up. Uh, I have, I have no idea uh, what the hell he's talking about. None. Hi, Gary. Hello. Yes. I have, I have a, a small commercial property and one of my tenants had scheduled a pickup for some outgoing packages. And they called a a small uh, shipping company. The driver backed the truck up into the gate, causing damage that needed professional repair. So the tenant called the company and explained to them what happened. And they told 
them that the driver doesn't actually work for the company and he's an independent contractor. Oh, no, that's crap. That's crap, Gary. Yeah, oh, yeah, just, so. sue the, just sue the company. And they can argue all they want. Believe me, they're responsible. Wonderful. That's all I Yeah, they're just care. blowing smoke. Uh, that is just hilarious. Well, it's not hilarious. It's them trying to get out of it. All right, Jim, uh, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes, sir. Hi, Jim. Hi. Um, question. I was in a car accident in 1997 where I was rear-ended, had two shoulder surgeries, back injuries, and other uh-huh. stuff. Since that time, I have seen multiple doctors. They kept saying, oh, you're getting older, you're getting arthritis. I finally had a – they did an MRI and said there's something wrong. Found out that the bicep tendon had jumped over, tore the rotator cuff, and then when they got in there, my bicep was sewn to the, rota- to the ligament that they repaired. Um, same – it's a different doctor's group. But it was the same group for, you know, 15 years. They kept telling me there's nothing wrong. Right. My understanding is that I have a year from when we identified that, that there is no statute of limitation. No, there there is. No, there is. There is. Uh, It's not from you identified it, but no no longer than three years. Uh, Yeah. Because what if I what if you identified it now and the surgery took place 40 years ago? Well, if I had 40 years of documentation saying doesn't matter, you can have 40 years of documentation all day long. Yeah, but it's the same group that did the surgery. I, it, I understand. There's malpractice. I get it, but there's malpractice. I think I think you have a statute issue, a big one. Well, first of all, from 2007. I mean that that is a big statute. So uh, when was there a second surgery? Is that what you're telling me? When did the surgery? Yeah, the when did the surgery take place? Four months ago. Uh, the second one. And pre- and previous to that, when did it take place? 1997. Yeah, it's going to be a problem. You've got a big statute issue, but it's worth talking to a, but by, by the way, it's still worth talking to a medical malpractice attorney. Don't, don't just drop the case or just don't hang up on me. Like I would hang up on you. Uh, go to a medical malpractice. Let me suggest, go to handle on the law.com, go to the website and they have some, ter- okay. and they have some terrific med mal attorneys, uh, handle on the law.com. All right. Try that. And, okay. uh, at least you'll get information. That's going to be a hell of a lot better than marginal. T- trust me. Hello, Dick. Yes, sir. Yes. Can I help you? Yes. I took a fall about uh, in May of last year. Yep. And I'm still going doctors and such. How long do I have before I need to file a... uh, Oh, I'd uh, I'd file the claim now, uh, and then it becomes uh, according to proof. Now, I think the statute is two years. But if you're a year and a half into it, you want to make the claim because uh, even if you're going to doctors, uh, you can, when you're going according to proof, as long as you fit, hit the statutory uh, the statutory time, that can continue while you're treating. But you want to do this. Have you, uh, how seriously were you hurt, Dick? Uh, ran my head into a wall and, uh, Whoa. and skinned up uh, knees and uh what? All right. So uh, when you hit your head in the, uh, into the wall, I mean, was that a, a serious hit? I mean, do you, do you... Not, not really. It did not knock me out. Okay. So it's still it's a concussion. So you yeah. uh, you went unconscious, and then you have some scraping up. No broken bones or anything, Dick. No broken bones, and I did not go uh, unconscious. I'm sorry, you did not go where? I did not go unconscious. Oh, you didn't. Well, I mean, that's not much of a case, Dick. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, and you fell, uh, where did you fall? Well, it was in a shopping center. Okay, and what did you fall on? What did you slip on? Uh, missed the step, 
Okay, uh, and how is it their fault, Dick? How is it their fault? Yeah, yeah, how is it their fault? You missed a step, you took a flyer, and now you're going to be suing the shopping center, and you're going to to say they were negligent how? Yep. Uh, By putting in stairs? Well, they had one stair there. There Okay. Anyway. All right. So you're going to, here's what you have to argue. The stair didn't meet code, which is almost impossible. There wasn't lighting. Right. Uh, you've got to ask a, a whole bunch of questions. And by the way, Dick, it's not much of a case anyway. Okay. Yeah. So you've got nowhere right. to go except down the stairs. This is Handle on the Law. This is KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handle here on a Saturday. Welcome aboard, everybody. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice where I tell you you have absolutely no case. All right, Robert. Hello, Robert. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes, hello, Handle. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. Uh, Question. Um, I used to work for a cell phone company. Um, I got fired. I was there almost nine years. And... um, I have no proof showing retaliation, but I'm sorry. Um, you, you, what do you mean? You had no, I misunderstood. You had no proof of retaliation. I, I, I have no proof. Okay, so you think it was you, got it? You think it was a retaliatory firing based on what? Why did they fire you? Well, um, they fired me for putting. Uh, it's a cell phone company, so I deal with customers. Putting the wrong notes on the wrong account. Okay. And okay. why? And why do you think? And why do you think they actually did fire you? If you're saying that's not the reason? Well, um, it's a cell phone company uh, geared for senior citizens, and for almost eight years, I've defended our customers because of our practices. Oh, okay. That we do. Got it. Um, okay. And and I just think I think they had enough of me, and I think I pinned them to a corner because see, um, ten calls a month. Get quality inspected for us seeing the right thing. Okay, so let me ask: right. Did you put the wrong notes on the wrong accounts, or did you put the wrong notes on the accounts? I did do. I did do the mistake. They said I did. Okay, so uh, when they come back and say that's why we fired him, what do you say? That's not why you well, fired me, well, and you say, and you have no proof, by the way. Correct. Okay, so what's your question? Well, see. Prior to this happening, um, like I said a second ago, we get 10 calls a month, get pulled. Um, I um, had made a, a, a question by email saying, in a call, if I lie to a customer and tell them that the check they mailed will not get here on time and their phone service will be interrupted and make them pay over the phone, if that's a lie, is that counted against me? And they said no. Unless the customer pushes back. Okay, who said no? I Do you have proof see. of that? Is that a policy that's in writing, or just someone told you that? It's, it. Well, here's what's interesting. I don't have the email well, because then, it's on my computer. Then, okay. Then where are you going to go with that? that then where are you going to go with that? You don't have the email. You don't well, have proof. It's a suspicion. You they did. You did do what they accused you of doing. They fired you. Where do you think you're going to go with that? Well, two 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 ways. Uh, a coworker, I showed her the email. I might have emailed it to her, but she's on maternity leave, so she can't see her computer, and neither can I. Yeah, I don't work there anymore. Um, it just. Um, What's your question? Uh, 
Well, my my question is, is, do you think I have a case? No. No. Nice talking to you. We'll do this again real soon. Hi, Vito. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. I have a home warranty company, and they refuse to replace my air conditioning. Of course. After, after one of their technicians from one of the companies they're affiliated with came out and said it needed to be replaced. Had it replaced yesterday for almost $7,000. They're located in the Midwest. I'm in California. Yeah. Well, hang on a second. Okay. They re- they refused to replace him, and their own people said it has to be replaced. Yeah, one of the vendors they okay. worked with. Yes. Uh, okay, so uh, now uh, I assume you made a demand, and they kept on refusing. Yeah, I went all the way to the CEO's office. Okay, and you have all that paperwork, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. All right. So you had to spend seven grand to replace it. They're telling you to go pound sand, and uh, they're in the Midwest, and you're in California, and you want to know what to do. Do I have that right? Exactly. Yeah, you're pretty screwed uh, because you have to sue them. Oh, you have to sue yeah. them in the you have to sue them in the Midwest. Not that you don't have a case, but you get you get to sue them over there. Now you can try suing them in uh, small claims court because the contract in in Southern California or wherever in California you live. Mm-hmm. And uh, Long Beach, it, yeah. it's um, yeah, you can go to your local uh, small claims and, and ask the clerk, uh, can I serve an out of state defendant? And I've heard both okay. ways. I've heard it both. Some courts say yes, some courts say no. So you just simply want to ask the clerk. That's not legal advice, mind you. If they say we can't give you legal advice, because that's not legal advice. I just want to know if the court accepts service, uh, if okay. I can serve out of state. Make sure you say that, because they're going to tell you we don't give legal advice. And so okay. once you do that, you serve them in the Midwest. And I, are they going to show up? I don't know. Uh, I guess not. <laughs> so you're going to get a judgment if you can serve them, if the court allows you to do that. And uh, if they don't even show up, you're going to get a judgment against them. So now you're sitting on a $7,000 judgment against this warranty company, and then you get to collect on it. And uh, it's, uh, that's do. that's a whole other issue, but it's better to have a judgment than not, because then uh, we can talk about you uh, collecting on it. So you get to call me back at I some see. point. All right? Not that oh. I'll ever answer your phone call, but uh, we can try. All right. We shall return. This is Handle on the Law. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. All right, this is a story out of Law 360, uh, which we're using for legal stories. Uh, There's a California federal judge who is overseeing this upcoming criminal trial, price fixing, uh, and trying Bumblebee Foods, former CEO, and uh, the... Judge had to answer questions about what questions jurors are allowed to be asked. What ends up happening whenever you have a criminal trial, a jury trial, or any kind of a trial, the attorneys on both sides get to ask questions of the jurors to see who's going to be bounced out, who is going to be eliminated for cause. Uh, You have uh, certain preemptive uh, jurors that you can throw out, six or eight of them for any reason. And so the attorneys get a chance to sort of get a feel of what the juries are about by the questions. And often those arguments, which questions will be allowed in and up, in and of themselves are number one, a mini trial. And number two, I uh, have a great deal of influence on the case. If you know, you have a jury that is biased, uh, you want that. So 
Uh, this is a case where this uh, the Bumblebee's tuna, former CEO, is being tried on a felony count of uh, tuna price fixing industry-wide. The argument is all these CEOs got together and they fixed the price of tuna. Well, uh, the uh, former CEO, Christopher Lashewski, Lishis- uh, Lishis- or Lashesqui, uh, his attorneys wanted to ask jurors, prospective San Francisco jurors, that's important, about their support for Greenpeace, anti-corporate leanings, and feelings about commercial fishing, arguing that we have a right to ask these people because, number one, we're in San Francisco. Number two, we get Greenpeace supporters, uh, anti-corporate folks, uh, people who have strong feelings uh, against commercial fishing. i got to tell you, we've lost the case before we've even started. It's totally biased. Oh, and also, uh, we don't want the jury to hear uh, about uh, Lusinski's $750,000 annual base salary plus bonuses and equity to the journey, uh, to the jury, because number one, it's prejudicial, would only make jurors resent him, and uh, the additional compensation equal to his base salary at another $750,000 could explain his motive to participate in the price-fixing scheme. Well, the judge said, okay, your exact base uh, is not to be talked about, but how much more than your exact base is uh, part of uh, what the jurors can be asked, the discretionary compensation. So uh, that's the ongoing fight. And he's got an argument, by the way. He does have an argument. On, On the one hand... Uh, His attorneys are saying, hey, this is so prejudicial about his money, they're going to resent him, and they're going to know that based on additional compensation, all he is is a crook who wants to uh, fix tuna pricing. And they're saying, and we're talking about uh, the government, is saying, but wait a minute. You know, they have to show, number one, uh, they have to know how much he makes as a CEO. That didn't fly. And all this additional compensation is a pattern and a motive. And the judge said, yeah, I'll buy that. So we'll see what happens uh, with uh, Mr. Lushinsky, whether or not he gets nailed or not. And I like tuna, by the way. Oh, here's something about tuna that I want to share with you. Everybody thinks white albacore tuna is the best. Crap. You want light tuna, a little bit darker. It's half the price, chunk light tuna, not white tuna. It has more flavor. It has It's a more flavorful tuna taste, and it's cheaper. So there's my legal advice for you today. Let's take some phone calls. Uh, hey, George. Hey, good morning, Counselor. Yes, sir. Okay, uh, back in uh, August of 2016, I was in a car accident. And I contacted a uh, PI attorney, and uh, he immediately took the case. And uh, they were they were pretty good with me. They um, they would answer my phone calls and so on. So they sent me to a doctor and a physical therapy. And after uh, after I didn't need the doctor and the physical therapy any longer, it wasn't doing me any good. Uh, I contacted and said, "Look, you know, how about we just settle this thing? This physical therapy thing is, isn't doing me any good at all." So okay, great. So. They then connected me with a girl. I assume she was some kind of a junior attorney in the office, and she said, "All right, we're going to uh, we're going to submit a demand letter, and they have 30 days to answer." I said, "Okay, great. I'll get back to you in 30 days or so." So a month later, uh, I called back, <clears throat> same girl. I forget her name. Anyway, 
she tells me all over again, oh, we're going to submit a demand. I said, wait a minute, sweetie, you did that 30 days ago. Well, what the hell do you mean? Let me talk to one of the higher-ups there. So she got her butt fired. So I stayed on top of them, stayed on top of them. We had a deposition down. I'm down here in San Diego. We had a deposition down here. And the attorney that came down from that law firm was pretty good. He, he kind of winked at me after he did the depo. We walked out in the hallway, and he high-fived me and said, hey, we got him. We got him. So uh, I kept in touch with this attorney, this this firm, and uh, they finally – I said, look, you know, how about settle this thing out? You know, I'm, I'm getting – I'm 80 damn five years old, and I could die tomorrow. Okay. I get it settled before yeah. I die. So anyway – so anyway, they they turned it over to another law firm. Evidently, they didn't feel that they, you know they were uh, they were professional enough to uh, to litigate to take them to court. So the other law firm was really pretty good at first. They sent an attorney down here to San Diego, a nice guy. Uh, evidently, they couldn't afford to uh, rent him a car. I had to drive him around. So, All right, George, we have to make this a little quicker because we're taking a long time here. Okay, to cut it to cut it short, the next day he called me and he busted them. And they settled for nineteen five. He said, "Will you take it?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, go ahead, do something." So from that point on, that was in September of last year. From that point on, uh, and I first started calling this this uh, law okay. firm. And uh, from that point on, uh, nobody was there available. Uh, okay, so they haven't. So in other words, you haven't gotten your money. Well, yeah, here's what happened. I finally told him, I said, listen, I listen to Bill Hankel on the radio. And oh, and I, that, that, you just ruined yourself on that one. I would never, ever admit that. I would never really? admit that. Yeah, oh, God, no. I think, you know, that you just you just destroyed you. are a holy terror. Yeah, well, I, you know, I still yeah. wouldn't do it. All right, so, uh, so forget about all that. Anyway, so it's been a bunch of months, and yeah, so, uh, and they're not talking to you. Have they? So what are they saying yeah. when you want, where's my money? Well, here's what here's what finally happened there. <clears throat> they wouldn't answer my calls, put me on hold. Uh, uh, that person isn't in all that crap. And uh, so finally, uh, I left a message. Look, uh, it's my understanding from Bill Handel that the best thing to do to motivate you people is to uh, claim abandonment. Right. Exactly. Okay. So did you get it? Did you, okay. So you left a message saying that, right, George? We're going to speed this up because you're going to be taking two okay. segments here. All right. Okay, did they answer? Did they? Did they refer to that message? Did they call you back? Nope. Okay. Nope, then that's exactly what you do. Okay. After all of that, George, you contact yeah. the state bar and you put in a complaint for abandonment that they won't return your phone calls. The case was settled what six months ago, and they refused to return the phone call. And uh, there it is. What they finally did after I after I, I told them Bill Handel, uh, they finally wouldn't take any more calls. I then got a letter from their bookkeeper, comptroller, whatever she is. Now, out of 19.5, the first law firm who did absolutely nothing, uh, the first law firm is claiming 33%. Oh, no. Yeah, so the other ones are also claiming 33%, right? Did you? Oh, no, they're claiming 50%. Okay, so George, did you ever sign a retainer with the second law firm? I believe I did. Okay, and it, does it say they get 50%? No, it, there was a lot of legalese in there. Oh, George, the here's, the pro- George here's the problem. is to si- You signed a document saying they get X percent on top of that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you've got some problems here. So you got nothing out of the 19.5, right? Uh, I got four grand. Okay, I would go after... Um, I, I'd sue... Well, see, the problem is uh, they're saying... You signed the agreement, George. Well, I didn't understand. Okay, well, there's a defense. I didn't understand what I was signing. Does that work? 
I guess, Bill. No, no, no. It doesn't work. If you don't understand it, you don't sign it, George. You, Uh, You never sign a document you don't understand. Because that means every time I borrow money from you, I buy a car. And uh, so I have this long document that says I'm going to pay X number of dollars. And it turns out that I'm going to pay more than what they said. But I didn't understand what I was signing. This is Handle on the Law. This is KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Welcome back for marginal legal advice. All right, Marie, uh, welcome to Handle on the Law. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Sure. Um, I, okay. I have a, I have two nieces that don't want to have anything to do with me, okay? So I can understand that, time. incidentally. I, that's, that's totally understandable. <laughs> Okay, uh, I know you would. Um, uh, that's the only family. I have no other family. I have a small home and a little car, and um, I want to give uh, everything uh, in a, to a friend, a dear friend of mine who's sure. always looking uh, looking out for me. Sure. I mean, really a good friend for many, many, many years. Okay, do do I make a will? Do I go to an attorney to make a will? Uh, how much money are we talking about? What are you going to leave? You said you have a home. What's it worth? Uh, it, it's... Uh, um, Maybe four, maybe four hundred thousand. And uh, do you have a mortgage on it? No, no. Oh, no, no. yeah. Here's I, what I would I do. Don't know. Yeah, here's what I would do. I would, uh, yeah, I'd write up a will or a trust, uh, leaving it all to your nieces because. Uh, here's what they are going to do. Considering they want nothing to do with you, believe me, after you die, they're going to want plenty to do with you. And that is going to go in and contest the will saying uh, that you're uh, the, the beloved aunt, uh, etc. It's enough there for them to contest the will. They're going to lose. But the way to do it is uh, to uh, specifically disinherit them. All right. You have to disinherit them in the document that that leaves them no place to go because the only place they have to go is, gee, uh, my Aunt Marie would have left uh, us the money because we're closest relatives and she didn't think about it. Well, when you disinherit them, boom, you got it. They can't go back and say uh, we should have been and she would have. No. And uh, you have to. And uh, what I would do is, uh, in uh, the instrument itself, is talk about why you're leaving it to your friend. She's taken care of me my entire life. We're close. And just wrap it up. So uh, let me ask you this. Would you willing to spend a couple thousand bucks? Do you have that? I could. Yeah, I can get it. I, okay. Yeah, I mean, is that going to be a real problem for you to spend a couple thousand dollars to have a lawyer write a will? No, it can be done. Okay, that's what I would do. I would do that to make it absolutely easy because what you're doing is you're leaving your assets to someone other than a family member and you want to, and, and what I would do under those circumstances is, is to write the document so there'll be no issue whatsoever. Make it as airtight as you possibly can. And I would go to a trust and estate lawyer. So what I would do is uh, go to handleonthelaw.com. And we have tons of trust and estate lawyers, people that uh, specialize in writing those kinds of documents. And I think that will help you out. That's that's certainly that'll cover your butt completely. The butt Wonderful. that your, your butt that your nieces hate, by the way. <laughs> they do. Of course they do. I get it. I, I, you know, I understand that. I hate my family, too. I understand. 
Great. All right. Okay, so, we're, I'm not, so I'm not alone in this issue. No, okay. you're not. Believe me. So go to handleonthelaw.com and you'll get the help there. Uh, hey, Tim. Welcome to Handle on the Law. What can I do for you? Bill, about four months ago, um, I was working with a plumbing contractor service, and we had reached an agreement that he was going to pay for me to go get my California C20 license for air conditioning. And he wrote up a little two-line contract that says, I, Tim, agreed to keep my license with a plumbing company for five years. Um, Wait a second, with, with, his, with his plumbing company for five years? Yes. Okay, yes, you all right, you agree to keep your license with them for 5 years, uh, which is kind of interesting uh because you're not using uh your you're not doing plumbing now with your I let me get this right. They're willing to pay for you to get your license if you stay with them for 5 years. Do I have that right? No, sir. I was going to go get my C20, which is air conditioning. And um I agreed to keep uh, be a qualifier for his company for five years for the C20. Um, that was a little paper that we signed. It didn't have any notarization. It didn't even have his signature on it. I just signed it. Okay. Fast forward to uh, a month ago, things didn't work out with us, and we left. I left the company. According to the state of California contractor's law, um, I have to be employed with the company for 32 hours a week to be qualified as an RME for his company. So I'm no longer I'm no longer employed with them. So I was going to uh, do file my disassociation paperwork, um, you know, according to their law. And he said if I did so, he was going to come after me with everything he got and sue me for every dollar I should get. Well, wait a sec. Sue you so, for every dollar that you're going to get from whom? He's going to sue me for every dollar he can get from me. Okay. How much? Did, uh, how much is it worth uh, money wise to get that license? What does it cost? Eight hundred bucks. That's his lawsuit. And that's okay. and he may not win, by the way. He may not win, but it's uh, I would give it to him in a small claims court because here we go. I put out eight hundred bucks. This is him saying that I put out eight hundred bucks for you get a license. You agreed that you would stay with me for five years, and then you breached. And uh, right. you, and your argument is going to be well, it's a little punitive, isn't it? Uh, because for eight hundred dollars, I have to stay working for five years with this man so the court is going to say he gets his money back and that's it so that's your liability perfect and he may want and he may and i don't know if it's worth it for him to take you to small claims court for that it's up to him it's up to him but i see i see the liability there but not beyond that what you can't force someone to stay for five years i mean that is uh, completely crazy this is handle on the law Welcome back to KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. This is Handel on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Welcome to Handel on the Law. Hi, I'm from San Diego, California. Yes, and um, my neighbor about four years ago asked me, approached me to cut my carpus trees that were bordering on the fence. And he wanted me to cut them as low as the fence. And I said, no, that's my privacy, but I will get them trimmed on your side, my side, and the height. And I did so, and it cost about $400, and I got them trimmed to how I wanted them height-wise. Well, last summer, he approached us again regarding doing the same thing. And I said, it's summertime. is when I like my privacy. Approach me about it during the winter. Winter came, and 
he did not approach me. And then about a couple months ago, he approached my husband and my husband said, talk to Tish. Well, he never did. And then recently he showed up with a bill of $800. He contacted a company to have him do it without letting me know and without letting me have a say in the company. And he never, now does he have the legal right to do that? Do I have to pay it? Hang on, hang on a minute. So first of all, when you talk about your right, your, you, you like your privacy. uh, The first thing I want to do is why don't you keep your clothes on in the backyard? All right. That's for starters. (laughs) All right. Uh, now, uh, let me get this right. Uh, you, what you did is you just cut, uh, the part that was, uh, leaning over on his property. So you trimmed that, correct? Four years ago. Four years ago. I got it. And then, oh, he did that. Okay. And he sent you a bill for that. Okay. And you you paid that, right? right? No, I have not paid it. Four years ago, he sent you the bill and now he wants. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Four years ago, I paid for it all. Okay. Got it. All right. Now. Okay. That's what I was asking. Why did did you, and why did, wait a sec. Why did you cut the height down? Because he wanted you to cut the height of the, of the trees down? Yeah. You don't have to do that. It's your tree. I know. Well, I didn't do it as much as he wanted. That doesn't matter. I'm surprised. You you didn't have to do it at all. It's your tree. It's on your property. That's for starters, Tish. The The only obligation you have is not to have your tree on his property or your tree, its leaves or its berries or whatever the hell grows on your trees, uh, fall onto his property. After that, it's your tree. It's your property. You can go as high as you want with those trees. There's no issue. And no, he can send you a bill for whatever the hell he did. What, he sent you a bill to trim the trees on... uh, Well, he he paid... Yeah, he paid somebody to do it. They came and they trimmed his side... And he sent me the bill. No, no, you say no. No, and it's yours why. Because they didn't ask you to do it because he didn't give you the opportunity to hire somebody. He just paid. No, no, just say no. Just say no thanks. Okay, perfect. Yeah, you're, you're fine. That's what I, uh, yeah, I mean, I've yeah, what kind of tr- some places. That, yeah. yeah. Tr- uh, what kind Porta of. Carpuses. Carpuses? What the hell is a carpus? Porta carpus. Oh, I feel better. A porta carpus, uh, carpus tree. <laughs> yeah. They're beautiful. They're very tropical. Oh, uh, it's lovely. Okay. All I know is uh, I have a bunch of trees in my backyard. You know what I call them? Trees. And uh, I asked my gardener, uh, you know, what kind of trees are those? And he says they're trees. But he does it in a Hispanic accent, so I feel much better about that. All right. uh, Debbie. Hello, Debbie. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Mr. Handle. Yes, sir. uh, My daughter and my grandson have rented an apartment for almost three years and just recently found out it's bootlegged. And they're going to become homeless. I wonder if they have any wait, recourse. Oh, I, wait a sec. They're going to become, uh, why would they become uh, homeless? Because the city is forcing uh, them out? I think that's the next step, yes. Plus, they're just poor working kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no I don't, money. I don't, yeah, I don't, you know, I really don't know. Uh, there may be some kind of recourse because... Uh, the owners uh, put them in, allowed them to rent a bootleg apartment. But then on the other hand, if the owners didn't know, uh, they acted in good faith. They could have... Actually, they did know. They took a three-bedroom apartment and split it in half. You know, actually, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, what you wait? You know what? You want to call uh, a landlord-tenant attorney on this one just to find out. You can go to handleonthelaw.com, and we've got a bunch of them, and just ask that question. You can send out an email blast, and someone will certainly answer that question. And if they do have a cause of action, it would be statutory, 
and there may be legal fees involved in there too. And okay. I, so I don't I don't know the answer to that. So that's uh, that's for, oh good for me. Usually I do lots of those where I don't know the answer. Uh, hilarious. All right, uh, Fernando. You sound like an ABBA song. Hello, Fernando. Good morning, Bill. Yes, sir. I hope you can hear me. I hope you can hear me okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I can hear you fine. I can hear you fine. Okay, so uh, I had an uncle who uh, had been uh, who was homeless for the past uh, few years. Um, he would occasionally come in. He would come to my mother's house and check in from time to time. But uh, about uh, two months back, uh, he stopped coming around. So my mother and father went out uh, out through the neighborhood looking for him and asking if any, if anyone had seen him. So it turns out that uh, he had uh, passed away about a month prior. Um, so then uh, began my mom began the, the process of trying to uh, recover his body. And um, she had um, a few documents, uh, but every time she would go to the coroner's, uh, they would just give her the runaround um, until we finally got one of my uncles who's got a few connections to come by. And he managed to get them to show us the pictures of the body. And it turns out my mom, my mom right away identified him. It turns out it was our uncle. So uh, the problem is that someone else came and uh, claimed the body. Oh! They took him over. They took him down to Mexico. They had a funeral, a burial, and everything. And we don't know who these people are. Okay. Uh, and, and the coroner uh, and the coroner won't tell you who they are. No, they won't. And what was and your this is okay. This is uh, your uh, this is your mom who it was. This was your uncle, correct? Yes. Okay. My mom's little brother. Wow. And uh, so the coroner didn't let her little brother. Now we're talking about a sibling. Did not let her claim the body, and they released it to someone else. Does uh, are there any other siblings out there? Yeah, she has siblings, but it was none, none, nobody in our family. So no one was related to, out, it was no one related to your family. No. There's nobody else that would have the legal right to claim the body. Just his daughter, but she didn't, she's on her way over here from Mexico. Wow. Okay. So, uh, so the, whoa, 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 whoa. There, that, that may be something there. They released the body to the wrong person and you had, and your mom had claimed the body and they wouldn't give it to her. And was able to, was your mom able to well, prove that that was a sister, uh, that she was uh, the sister? Yes, but the thing is that once she proved it, uh, they had already given the body away. Okay, so what did she, prior to uh, her proving it, uh, so they they only, let's say they were the fraudulently given uh, documentation. Was your mom turned down by... Uh, because someone else had it, did they? In other words, were did they know that your mom was the sister yeah, and, and refused and refused I, to give you the body? Was that was that what happened? That we don't know. We uh, don't know. I'm, I'm guessing that's what I had. Okay, if they it, kept. They kept Okay, if that's the case, they, they, were, they, were denied her. they wouldn't. Okay, let her see got it. Okay, if that's the case, if that is the case. And then uh, there may be a lawsuit there. It's a very interesting one against the uh, coroner. Now, uh, when did this happen? How long ago? Uh, about, uh, let's, it's with uh, all within the, the last three months. Oh, then that's good. So, you, okay, that. then because you, whenever you're filing against the county or the city or the state, you have to, within six months, file a claim that, of course, be denied, but that's, uh, that's the law. If you don't file that claim within six months, then you don't have a cause of action or you don't have standing to sue. Uh, yeah, time to talk to an attorney. Uh, you know, there are attorneys. Better. I'm sorry? 
It gets even better. How so? Uh, it turns out that we found out where they have his body and, and what town he's in, and it turns out that it's a cartel-infested town. It's a what? So, a cartel-infested town? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You're not going to be able to get. You're not going to be able to get him out of the ground. There's no way the Mexican authorities will let you do that. You're not going to exhume. Okay. Uh, they're not going to let you exhume the body. I mean, you know, Uncle is now dead and buried, and there's not much you can do about that. Uh, but a lawsuit against the county may fly. So there are lawyers okay. who specialize in uh, uh, bodies mistakenly sent to Mexico. It's a whole subsection of law. And you can go to uh, go to the website. Go to handleonlaw.com and just send an email okay. blast because it's, it's a – would it be a person? Yeah, it'd be a personal injury lawyer because this is emotion. It's emotional damages, uh, and yeah, that's. We, we, we also found out that they're trying. What happened was it's all a ploy, so uh, they're trying to guess make my uncle's body pass for someone else. Why? So. Why? They were. I guess. I guess that guy doesn't want to be found. Oh, so whoever, whoever oh, now you're talking. Wow. I mean, and do you have any proof of this, by the way? Because now the story is getting now. Oh, we're, we're, now we're, we're going into movie time, right? Uh, someone. Yeah, yeah we're, we're working on it. We're just kind of like, uh, yeah, you know, because they might find out who we are. And, you know, we yeah. it's just it just can get kind of ugly. Yeah, I know. With the cartel and the drugs and some cartel member who's pretending to be your uncle and they grabbed his body and they buried him. So uh, someone uh, impersonated him. Yeah. OK, great. Can't wait to talk to the lawyer that you talk to. That's going to be a great conversation. This is Handle on the Law. This is Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Hello, Francis. Uh, Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hello, Bill. Yes. Thank you. I have probate questions. Yes, ma'am. Both of my in-laws passed uh, last September and October, and uh, they had no will. My husband had the uh, power of attorney medical only, but, you know, now they're passed. Uh, There's two brothers on the property and two living nieces. So now we're stuck with this house full of everything, and we don't know what to do or even where to begin. All right. So, uh, So who's on the property? I'm a little confused. Is your husband's name on the property? No, uh, it is. It's, it's in his parents' name. Okay, and then uh, there's no will. No will. All right, so uh, he can walk away. You're not stuck with it. He can just say no, thank you. I'm just not interested. Uh, the so well, we don't want to do that either. Okay, his property is uh, uh, almost paid for. And, okay, you know. so so I don't understand what your question is. Well, the question is, is uh, so uh, how do we go about uh, getting this probate attorney and getting the well, first uh, of all, brothers? Uh, who's, who's in line of succession? Okay. Uh, at this point, about. at this point, first of all, you do need a probate attorney. There's no question about that. Okay. This is really complicated. Uh-huh. And so you want to go to handleonthelaw.com and, uh, okay. and and get a, get a probate attorney. So that one's easy. Now, uh-huh. uh, it's your brother uh, that is in line and is it the nephews uh, or is it the children? No, it, it, there's three sons and my husband is the youngest one, but he's been uh, doing all of okay. the uh, work. So here's how, okay, mm-hmm. so here's how it works. Uh, the estate goes to the three sons equally. Yes. All right. Okay. So someone has to open a probate and okay. someone has to be named executor. And what the, and this is where the, uh, uh, the probate attorney comes in. 
I believe, I'm not a probate attorney, although I play one on radio, I believe that uh-huh. uh, if your husband opens a probate uh, and he can charge for the administrative fees, uh, or okay. there'll be an administrator and the lawyer does it all and the lawyer's going to charge, and then what they'll do is they'll sell everything and uh, split the money uh-huh. Split the money equally. Uh, how much money are we talking about? Uh, maybe uh, five, six hundred thousand. Oh, yeah, that's worth it. Yeah. So, it, oh, so yeah. <laughs> all right. So there's the answer. Just go to handleonthelaw.com and get yourself a probate attorney. And it's uh, not, uh, well, it's easy, but it is also complicated. So you want to do this right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good luck. So uh, they're going to have a pile of money. Good for them. Each of them going to, what, a, a buck and a half, uh, $150,000 each. Yeah. Uh, Nam. Hello, Nam. Hello, Nam. Nam. Hello. Hi. Is your first name yes. Viet? My first name is Nam. N-A-M. Oh, your first name is Nam. What's your last name? Well, I don't care what your last name is, Nam. All right, let's just move on. What can I do for you? I have a question regarding living trust. Yes, ma'am. Okay, I do not have any siblings lives in America. They live in out of country. Where, by the way? So, Korea and Canada. Okay. So what would be best to select as a successor trustee? Oh, okay. Well, like you, you know, you're talking about the trust. Well, you're the trustee and successor trustee. Uh, do you have anybody that you trust? I mean, there's a, the, the reason they call it a trustee is because it's trust issue. Do you have anybody in your life that you trust? Is there an attorney? Is there a friend? Uh, are, any one of those family members? I mean, it doesn't matter that one lives in Canada and the other one lives in Korea. They can all be trustees. Uh, who do you, who can you trust that will that will distribute oh, your money okay. the way so, you want to? So the, the siblings lives in a different country. Doesn't matter. Can be. Oh yeah, absolutely. How much money so, are we talking about, Nam? How much money do you have? Not that much. Maybe about six to seven hundred thousand. I love it. Not that much. Some people think that six to seven hundred thousand dollars, Nam, is a pile of money, and when someone says not that much. Uh, we're on a different conversation completely. Anyway, here's what you got to do. You have to uh, write either a trust, and then uh, it'll be explained, or a will. You can uh, have an executor who is one of your family members or a trustee. It sounds like probably a trust is the best way to go. Naming uh, one of your family members that you trust the most as trustee. And then the law- anything happens, the lawyer who writes it will get in touch. Uh, just make sure that the lawyer... Uh, who's ever involved or uh, is uh, knows and make sure that the lawyer knows when you die and then can can handle it all because that's the easiest way to go because there's American law oh, that has to be dealt okay. with. Yeah, so again, I'm going to give you the same advice. Go to handleonthelaw.com, get a probate attorney uh, and uh, or a trust and estate attorney and start this whole process. You're going to be fine. Six dollars $700,000, not so much. I get that. Okay. God, I, at what point? Who doesn't think that six, $700,000 is money? Uh, this is Handle on the Law.